Hey everyone, it's Tuesday, so you know what that means? TV Tuesday! Yes, TV time! I'm your host, Zan. Say konnichiwa, aloha, bonjourno, what's up? Hey, it's Greta. And I welcome you to another episode of Spirekin's Television Tuesday, the podcast where we talk about new TV shows and streaming series that you can find on various, well, streaming services, and you can listen to any of our earlier episodes at www.spirekin.com. We're also on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Spotify, YouTube, Stitcher, and all those other social media sites. Just look up S-P-I-R-A-K-N. I guarantee you find us one way or the other. Or look in our show notes where you can also find links to our Discord uh, site and a couple other cool things. And if you have any questions or comments or concerns, you can email me personally at Zan, that's X-A-N, at Spirekin.com. So Last week was kind of weird because only one episode was able to be reviewed because of a lot of stuff involving, well, the big event that's happening tonight. But we're going to just kind of ignore that because we're here to talk about television and other things. We've got a lot to talk about. So we hope you're ready to listen to us talk about some of the latest television shows and catch you up on things that we've been talking about. One more thing. If you've never listened to the podcast before, we have all of our spoilers later in the episode. So if you don't want to hear any spoilers, once the music starts, just stop listening. If you want to hear spoilers and you've seen the episodes, definitely stay tuned for after the music for our spoiler section. So let's get on with it because we have a lot to talk about in two episodes of one of Greta's favorite TV shows. A show which is immaculate, amazing, and there's actually been a lot of really sad news that's been happening in the show. And what is the show that we are talking about? Dancing with the Stars! Yes, Dancing with the Stars. Which is secretly Zan's favorite show. No, it's not. My favorite show is coming up soon, but we're talking about last week's episode and this week's episode. And last week's episode was one which was really cool because it was the Halloween-inspired episode. But it wasn't a Halloween episode. It's Villain's Night. Yes, and with singers and dancers and well rappers and everything what they are seeing all of them dressed up as different villains was inspiring and great and you had a plethora of villains but they also like got into it into character they didn't just dress up oh yes but their dances worked really well and we had several characters including norman bates uh nurse ratchet maleficent hannibal lecter dracula uh, Carrie White from the movie Carrie, Tiffany Valentine from Bride of Chucky, Corella DeVille, and the Black Swan. And they all looked amazing, and the dances were very inspiring. Now, Beautiful, creepy, everything you want out of a villain's show. And while there was some new dances that they did learn, the main thing was about the villains. And gotta say, it was a very... Fun. I thought it was a really fun episode. It was a fun episode, and a lot of the even the judges, stood like out. yeah, even the judges dressed up and kind of were in character. Now the crazy part was that, with the exception of one person, every single person got all eights or nines, except one person. Yes, and who is not at the bottom, which that's mind-boggling. The person who was eliminated was well. Actually, Spoiler. Actually, everybody got nines except the one person. Yeah. Which is that's just crazy. So everyone got nines except for them. So we're heating to a point where it's very. The competition is getting tougher and tougher and tougher. And it's interesting. As it should be, go. everyone's progressing. So that was last week's episode, uh, and let's just say it was a well done. There were some great standouts. And we'll talk about that in the spoiler section. But in this week's episode, which was supposed to be their double elimination episode, 
unfortunately, due to one of the dancers contracting a very serious illness, they had to drop out. Now, it's not spoilery to say because you can look it up in the news, so let's say it. So Yeah, especially since it's not COVID. Yeah. They didn't get COVID. So Jenny Mai, one of our favorites. One of my absolute favorites. Who was amazing in the week before and in the Villains Week had to drop out. So it sucks. But this week, instead of two, they had one elimination and they had a lot going on. And I, w- I wonder, just like on a personal level, Jenny Mai is such a positive bubbly happy person and like she said a message from her hospital room because she had to have surgery like that day so she sent a message out to everybody and was still bubbly her fiance was there he was no that was that was that was her dance partner her dance partner was there but her fiance was in the hospital room with her when she woke up so her fiance was there with her and like there every step of the way in support of everyone I think the doctors did well. She pulled through. And I wonder, on a personal level, her mom had a bet going on with friends and family about if she was going to make it or not. And early on in the in the season, you know, she said, oh, my mom's betting against me to not win. I want to prove her wrong. I wonder if this counts or if it voids the bet. I think it doesn't matter because I think she's more happy the fact that her daughter's alive. Yes. Um, as for this week, you had the same thing as last time where it was, um, no, all... it wasn't the same thing as, no, last time. it was all high marks except for one person who got all sevens yet. They were perfectly safe, which was completely cause your votes matter. Voting counts. If you, if you have a good following of people and they're all voting for you, it saves you. Yeah. But because the show wants ratings also. So if you're voting for somebody, they want to keep the majority of the people who you're voting for in true so unfortunately this also means that there's only like one person left and i don't uh want on the show let's probably hope if they go away Fort- next- no you said it wrong fortunately there's only one other person we don't like no but that means that after after that if they go out next episode then, then it's all people, it's we, all like. people we like but that's what we want really bad we want everybody that we really like to make it to the end i don't think it's gonna it's gonna be but anyway so it's interesting uh, highlights for this week was you had um, the song Stuck With You by Ariana Grande. You had Work It by Missy Elliott. You had um, Magalanja by Sergio Mendez. You had uh, Rain On Me by Ariana Grande, which is... Because the other thing was this episode was it was supposed to be a, a twofer, so two eliminations. They had the real... Well, it was supposed to be dual eliminations, but it's two dances. Yeah. They don't eliminate people till the end, and at the end, they eliminate two people. But since one called out, it was one. But it was the ending was a. It's a. A relay. A relay. So it's one after another after another. So it's kind of like in the. So they had three groups, three different dances, um, and three songs. So each group had the same dance style and the same song, and one couple would start. And then the other couple would go into it, and the first couple would bow out, and then the third couple would come into it, and then the the second couple would bow out. Um, and then each there's three judges, so each judge would judge one of those group dances and award extra bonus points to each of those couples. So since Jenny Mai had to bow out, instead of it being three three three, it was like three two three. 
it was kind of... I just drew a lot of math out of people. Yeah, they're, how they set up the different people didn't work out because the judges, I think, were a little unfair how they had them separate. I think this judge should have been with this group and this judge should have been with this group. But, you know, that's how it goes. Oh, I disagree. I thought it was a good... But yeah, so interesting episode if you like dancing and so on and so forth. But that's how it goes. Even if you don't like dancing, it's still I feel like it's still entertaining. So out of our rating system, I'm going to have to still give this. This is worth uh, watching or streaming once. It was... the Well... Only for this week's episode was worth watching once. The last week's episode was definitely one of those that you watch over and over again on YouTube. That's uh, uh, borrow your friend's streaming code to watch it over and over again. Yeah, because if we're and if we're thinking back into the past when um, what's her face Jenny Mai was still in the show. Tiger husband killer. No, not that far back. We're seeing the episode itself. You want to rewatch the episode? No, this episode itself. I like, say no, watch stream. I think last episode. Was I think better Villains than this Night was better. Watch more often. Rewatch, yes. rewatchable. But this episode, where it was good, I say it's good streaming once. Yeah. But like some of these episodes, like the show overall, like there are some dances you just want to have on repeat in the background. That's like, what YouTube is for. You Carol Baskin, you want to see her awkwardly not moving around doing the weird cat um, thing. No, you don't. Um, but that's for that. That is our Dancing with the Stars discussion for now. Non-spoilers. Next one is the one I'm most excited for because it is so much kiki lore and I get to put on, take off my anime and TV and manga hat and put on my Star Wars hat, which I've hidden in a box ever since it's been kind of ruined over time with mythology being ruined by I think it's spin-offs. cute that you've hidden it in a box. You mean the, the <laughs> box that's clear lucite that's against the wall for everyone to see? Yes. We're talking about The Mandalorian. Mandalorian! Season 2, Episode 1, Chapter 9, The Marshal. And this is directed and written by John Favreau. So that is really awesome. And... If you want to hear all of our original talk, we have it on the podcast. It's in our TV section, and you can just look on the podcast for it in supplemental notes. But we went hard on the first season of Mandalorian and all the little things, and it's such an invigorating show. And this new season starts off in a way which you kind of expect, because this is how the show is supposed to be, I think. It's not one of those, hey, look... Show lots of fan service. It's, let's do it organically and let's tell a story that's its own story. It's not the story of the Skywalkers anymore. It's not the story of the Rebellion versus the Empire or the um, Alliance versus the... Or the Resistance versus the First Order. No, it is its own thing happening in this world. And yes, there are repercussions from the events that occurred, but it's its own story. And like some of the spoof stuff from Star Wars... Like, what was that movie? Was it, like, Spaceballs, or... That has nothing to do with this. No, no, no. Yeah, but that's a, that's a, that's a parody. Yeah, like, some of that stuff is, like, ha-ha, cute, but, eh. But this is, like, fanfic continuation. No, but it's it's in canon, and there's some great little Easter eggs that are well I done. I love it. And this episode had a For lot For me, of... it's, like, Death Comes to Pemberley. Now, there's some things in this which didn't work as well, but you had, um... The eponymous marshal is played by Timothy Oliphant, who I think he's now stuck playing a marshal in everything he does, ever since Deadwood. It's like no matter what, we need a we need a beaten down marshal. Let's get Tim- Timothy Oliphant. He's got that look. You can't help it. That's but what he, he looks like. But he always plays a cop or a sheriff. He needs like. But that's what he looks he's like. He's played villain before, and he's really good at it. But he wasn't wasted. It was well done and. According to friend of the podcast, 
Doug Wilder, his character is canon in the novels. So that's actually really cool. He plays a character named Cobb Vanth. And this episode, it's it's not go too spoilery. It's a little bit of a Seven Samurai meets um, a, a Fistful of Dollars meets Star Wars. It's the Mandalorian is trying to find, well, another Mandalorian to help him out with his major quest, which is return the child to his family kind. or his kind. And he gets involved in a situation with a small town. And it's him dealing with a lot. And I gotta say, this episode was... It's such a... Like, when everybody first... When The Mandalorian first came out and people were saying, it's a Western. I was like, it's Star Wars. It's not a Western. But this is a Western. And this is the most Western episode. No, no, no. I feel. The the other episode on Tatooine was was Western also. Yeah, but this is the outsider comes into the city and oh yeah, the whole thing where he, town, com- he like, comes in on the speeder bike and it feels and you see everybody like just looking at him. I'm like, looking for the wah wah wah. Oh, there were some tropes from <laughs> there are tropes from all the old westerns. Like, it's a western, but and I've not, I haven't had a, I haven't had, I haven't been a huge fan of westerns as a genre in particular. I like select ones, but. I like this. And besides that element, you also have... Uh, they flesh out something which I think is really cool. Is they flesh out the Tusken Raiders in this episode. As opposed to them being mindless beasts. That they're actually a culture and a tribe. And they... It's like the Native Americans when they, they met the cowboys. That situation where it's that cultural divide. And it makes you wonder if sand people isn't a pejorative... For those of you who don't know what that means, pejorative is a bad word. A slur, if you will. You know, saying a bad word. And, oh, by the way, the reason why we're not cursing this episode is that we may have someone who is very young listening to this. And, what's up, my favorite nephew? Hope you enjoy this episode. What's up, Nikki? But, yeah. So, episode, well done. Uh, Pedro Pascal still knocks out of the park as the voice of the Mandalorian Dean Jaren, and everybody does goodness or excellentness. I thought it was excellent. The only like ew factor. Well, well, we could talk about that in the spoiler. Yes. Uh, So this one is our highest rating, which is really, really, really effing cool. It's totally worth watching. Totally worth binging. Just buy. Stop what you're doing. Watch it today. Buy Disney Plus just for this. If they're released on Blu-ray, you buy this. This is worth owning. And we'll talk more about that and them fleshing out all that. So next, we have the other geeky show that we talk about. The one where grown adults wear giant furry costumes. Not to go to a a yip, but rather to mask themselves as they sing. In the masked singer. And this episode introduced the C group. The final five characters... We're going to be in this season's Mass Singer for season Which I have four, to say, episode five. Group A, Group B, heavy hitters. Everyone really like, like coming in strong, doing really well. And this C group is... They're the wild cards. They're the ones who they're either going to be amazing or they're going to just make you go like, what the heck am I watching and why can't I look away? I feel like 
with the exception of the loser of this episode, who that was, they justly deserved. No, like, even in taking that into consideration, like, like, really not on the same level as Group A and B. I think a couple of them were on the level, but we can... Like, if they were all one group, everybody who's in Group C would have been eliminated before everybody else in Group A and B. Mm. Minus one. Minus a couple. I think they're better than a couple of the, of the people. But, Not so in Group C, we have the Squiggle Monster. We have the Mushroom, the Jellyfish, the Broccoli, and the Lips. Which, I really liked the Lips costume because it's just like legs and arms and all black and like red, sparkly, Swarovski lips. And, and, I, and the lips came out on an Odalesque. Was sitting on the on the on the, the couch, which if in. which if I was dressed up as as the lips and that was an option, I'd be like, yes, I want to be wheeled out in front of everybody. I when I feel fancy, I want to dress up, I want to feel special. I put on red lipstick. If I had red sparkly lips, I would be ready to rule the world. I will say, when I saw those lips, I immediately thought of the fan audience reaction for Rocky Horror Picture Show. On the eighth day, God said, let there be lips. <laughs> I, But I mean, like... But that was the lips. I like all of the costumes for different reasons. Um, everyone knows I like the seahorse costume and but, the skirt-ish but let's, thing. But, but let's but, talk about the other... Before. Yeah, but like the, the mushroom was such a cute costume. The mushroom is interesting because of the potential twist with the mushroom. Spoiler alert. This is something that we can't really spoiler because we don't know anything about them. But the mushroom could be a boy, could be a girl. We don't know. I have feelings that I will share after the music. But the mushroom was the mushroom. You had the jellyfish, who the jellyfish was a nice twist. You had the broccoli, who the broccoli... The jellyfish, I felt, I felt like, could be a costume you could wear to Halloween. The jellyfish felt like a burlesque costume. No, um, it's like got like the trench coat and the... The broccoli looked like he was a... Uh, a basketball player. He was old. You could tell he's old. The broccoli wasn't moving around a whole lot. Yeah. And Squiggle Monster, it's we need to come up with something equally crazy to the thingamajig. So here we go. Yep. Or the Watchman call it now. Yep. And all the songs were good choices. I mean, you had Have You Seen the Rain by Clearance, Clearwater Revival, This Woman's Work by Maxwell, Big Girls Don't Cry by Fergie. Houses Rockin', Whole Lot Shaking Going On by Stevie Ray Vaughan and Jerry Lee Lewis, and The Native New York by Odyssey. And, let's say, they were decent. Not great. Not terrible. Actually, now I think about it, singing Maxwell, yeah, the mushroom is, is a guy. Yeah, the mushroom is a guy. Yeah, they're singing Maxwell. Yeah, that, that's... Uh, yeah. <laughs> the mushroom's a guy. But yeah, so this one, worth watching once. If the mushroom isn't a guy, it's the flattest chested, no hipped, whitest waist girl ever. It's a guy. Okay. It's a skinny guy. But this episode is worth watching once for some of them. The losing person, it's infuriating. Like with the gremlin, it was, oh, this is too hot. With this, the loser for this one, we have words. A lot of words. We'll talk about that in the spoilers. So yeah, worth watching once on TV and then just forget about it. So then finally we have a show which is amazing. It's great. It is cathartic. 
it is invigorating, and you could say it is sex, drugs, and chess moves. We're talking about a show that was based on the 1983 novel by Walter Tevis and was released all on Netflix in seven episodes. Not eight, not 13, not 24, seven. Why seven? Don't know. It's kind of interesting. But the show was directed and written by Scott Frank, and it's starring Anna Taylor-Joy. And I love it. And we're going to be talking about the first two episodes of this show. First episode is called Opening, and second call episode is called Exchange. And what is the name of this show? The Queen's Gambit. Yes. It's about chess. I think chess is just the overlaying for this. This is about a girl who becomes a chess player yeah, but the and whole how thing is super like, destructive she is. But like each episode is tied, titled after chess moves or strategy. and it, but what, It's but what a we, we, massive... Yeah feature in it but when we first see her in the first episode to where she's at at the end of the where she's going i think she is gonna be a mess i think it's more about her dealing with her problems in a really un well not unprofessional but it's kind of insane way unhealthy yes very unhealthy and self-destructive but it's a really cool show about a young girl who is orphaned early on ends up at a a um all girls orphanage. And it's not the evil orphanage. It's just an orphanage where they don't really pay attention to the kids. I mean, it's not a it's not a good it's not a good orphanage, but it's not like the one where it's like we're going to make you make wallets for 5 years. And and But because she is a little bit older, there's a very slim chance she's going to get adopted because they adopt young kids, young little girls. They don't adopt teenage girls. And she ends up making friends with the janitor, which that's something could, that could have gone really dark. But I'm glad they didn't go there. They didn't. And this janitor ends up teaching her about chess. And because this girl's a prodigy to begin with, she's very intelligent. Her brain just works that way. So, you know, she observed it. And... Also doesn't help that she's highly medicated. But even before that, she's just... She's interesting. She's really interesting. It's her journey through um, to become a chess mistress, and it shows what she goes through. But it's also interesting because, it, especially then, it wasn't a girl's game. Because this is this is taking place in the 50s and 60s, so it's got a very unique aesthetic, and things are different. This is when women were housewives, and you went to, to college to find a husband, and you were a stay-at-home wife, and, and there weren't a lot of like modern day rights. In fact, if you were a husband and wife and you adopted a child and your husband died, you lost that you lost that child. If you're not if you're if you, you can't there's no such thing as being a single mom of a adopted child. Yeah, and if the husband leaves, same thing. It's you can't do that because the husband's a purveyor, so it's it's not good. And the first episode deals with her introduction to chest and her time at the orphanage and there's a scene which is very cookie monster-esque and horrifying at the same time it's like it's like one part indiana jones one part cookie monster one part really bad trip and then the second episode is about her being adopted as a teenager and her having to kind of lie about her age and but she's this... also like such an independent person that i don't know if she knows how to be part of a family part of a tribe more importantly it's anna taylor joy playing a 15 year old when she's like 30 
And she does a great job doing that, playing young and then old. Well, the first episode... It's with a different actress. It is with uh, Isla Johnson as young Beth. Yeah. And then Anna Beth Kelly as five-year-old Beth, who's the little girl. Right. You have some great characters in this. Um, you have Harry Melling in this as, as her friend and competitor, Harry Beltic. You have Marielle Heller as Miss Alma Wheatley, who is the woman who adopts Beth. Uh, you have Moses Ingram as Jolene, her best friend at the Methune Home for Girls. You have Bill Camp as Mr. Scheibel, who is the old man who... Um, the janitor who, who taught her chess. Who is her father figure, almost. And it's a pretty cool show. Uh, we'll talk more about it in on the, sh- the spoiler section. But this is one which, if you have a chance, watch all of it. Yeah. It's I'm... really cool. And we're going to just go over the first two episodes, each episode as it goes along, because this is such a cool show. Um, I think that's it for this episode. For the non-spoiler part, right? Yep. So remember, if you haven't listened, you haven't watched these yet, stop listening now and hope you have a good day. If you have listened or watched these shows, wait till after this music for our spoiler section. Anyway, my name is Zan. I'm Greta. We're Gonsville. Catch you guys next time. Keep watching TV. See ya. Bye. time wow that was crazy i didn't think we gave a rating for uh gambit uh, queen's gambit one and two stop what you're doing and watch it now yeah totally um so yeah this is our spoiler section 
where we talk about the shows in more depth and we go into some of the spoiler parts. So if you haven't watched the episodes, we warned you once, we've warned you twice. So if you haven't watched it, stop what you're doing, stop listening, watch it, then come back. Otherwise, you have been warned. So usually we would talk about the last one we talked about, The Queen's Gambit, but we honestly feel that this deserves more of a long-term discussion. So we're probably going to be actually doing a full episode based on the whole series. But so far from the first few episodes, it is amazing. Really worth watching. It is a little slow because it is a sports show. But what I like is you don't really have to understand chess to enjoy it. But there's a lot of chess. Yeah, we didn't really get into the fact that it's a sports show about chess, but it's not about chess. And chess, it's an awesome game. Really cool. But is it a sport if you don't sweat? Topic for a new... uh, That's uh, a good random question of the day. No, that's... We're going to keep that for that episode if it's a topic for it. But... Definitely worth checking out. So now let's get to it with the other shows, including The Masked Singer. And first off, full disclosure, I do not like the person that was unmasked. I never have. I think that she is pompous, arrogant, and a horrible person. I think she's racist. I think she's sexist. And I think that she is not a good person. Now, that being said, if she had done an amazing job and been kicked out, I would have had respect for her. But she kind of, part of my language, she sucked. She really did. And she, it didn't sound like she tried. No, she, she like, didn't. She stopped to talk to the, the. She sang, talked. You know when you talk when singing? Not like a rap, but like, I'm just going to sing the words of the song. And goes. then stop, giggle, and then talk to the, uh, the hosts. Like, now, and the, it's Wendy Williams. It is. And the audience even looked kind of appalled by her. It's Wendy Williams, and everybody knew it was Wendy Williams. The judges totally knew it was Wendy Williams. Um, at least Nicole Scherzinger and Jenny McCartney. Jenny knew. McCartney knew it was her, and and said that they thought it was her. Nobody said. It, well, they're all really nice anyone anyway, but nobody said anything mean about her. They're all really nice anyway, and I said that. I realized I said that twice, but. You could tell on their faces. They're like, hey, girl. Hey, bestie. Oh, yeah, we were just talking about that. Um, Wendy Williams looked to me as a person that you're friends with to keep your friends closer because she's a horrible, horrible enemy. Like, be careful what you say to her because everyone's going to know your, your business. Keep your friends close, but your enemy's closer, and that is the case with her. Like, they're all nice about it, but she has dirt on everyone. Like... Oh, she, they were saying, we don't know what to say because you're too volatile. Yeah. yeah. They, they don't like, like, they honestly do not like her. She does not like them. I don't know why she did the show. And. Money. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe it's, you have to keep, you have to make your image look better. And she didn't. And she was creepy about it, even in the costume, like touching. She like totally full on groped um, Nick. Cannon. Cannon. Yeah. yeah. Which is not, not appropriate to do. No, never appropriate. No, it's not. And she was not good at it. And she was like, just, it was not cool. She's a bad singer. She wasn't, she didn't put her heart into it. It, I don't know why she was on the show. And I'm really glad she got kicked off in her debut. Yes. And I hate to say it. I think. And that's everything nice I had to say about it. I think that what's his name was a better singer. Actually, I think all the other singers, even um, Mickey Rourke was better than her. Because Mickey Rourke at least tried. Yes. He tried. She didn't even try. This was a stunt for her. 
Yeah, it's to boost her numbers, popularity. Any publicity is good publicity. Well, that's how she feels, and you know what? Blah, blah, blah. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And that's w- all I have to watch say about this her. episode shows up on the Wendy Williams show and she's like, oh, these these has been hacks and so on and so forth. Well, you know what? You've proven to be a horrible person and there's nothing you can do about that. I mean, in the grand scheme of things, whatever. I like the show despite the fact that she was on it. Yes, this episode was a great show. Uh, yeah. It's still a good show, just was kind of mediocre. And the group. gosh darn it, she had to be the lips. I was so excited about the sparkly, sparkly red lips. As for the other singers, I gotta say Jellyfish is contender for top. She's really good. Yeah. Like, why she's in this group, we don't know. But Not she... my favorite costume. I thought you liked Jellyfish. It's like I a, love Jellyfish, coat. but the the it's like a... I feel like it's a do-it-yourself costume. It was different, and I kind of like that. Yeah. Maybe it'll be a different color next episode. I don't know. Uh, I wasn't wowed. Apparently, I really like Sparkles. But that was the... That was uh, Mass Singer. Next, let's get to actually the show I wanted. I'm really geeking about to talk about all the spoilers. Mandalorian! Yes. So this one was awesome because first off, one of the biggest spoilers is when you open up and it's the Mandalorian and the child on an undisclosed planet. And they're looking for an information broker at some gla- some underground games. I love the fact that as they're walking, you see all the graffiti. You see, like, the Darth Vader graffiti. You see all that. And, yeah, it's like, it is space graffiti, but it's it's still... It's like a... It's a real world. You get the feeling that it's this is a rough neighborhood they're in. And this is post-Empire Falling. So, yeah, they have the stormtroopers crossed out because no one wants to talk to them. This is like a don't-be-here-in-the-dark kind of environment. And it's they're there to see the information broker known as Gore Koresh. And he's, like... Big time mobster. Any. By the way, side note: every time they, when they said his name was Gore Koresh, all I could hear in my head was Kalkalaj. Har har. That's funny. But the funny thing is that he's voiced by John Leguizamo, and that was John Leguizamo in the costume. So I'm like, that's really awesome. And if you've ever seen the movie Spawn, you know he can contort himself to fit in like those costumes. So that was really a fun surprise. But the Mandalorian goes to see him. And it's at this gladiator combat that is cool because it's two Gamorian guards or Gamorians fighting with axes and they're being protected by shields. And but the only thing is, cool Gamorian guards, cool they're fighting with axes, but they're. I was waiting for like a lot of blood because it's these axes that look sharp as all get out. They don't look dirty or musty or like they look like they just got out of the shower. Yeah, they look super clean. Kind of scruffy and something. But these are also like the prize fighters. Like you are expecting them to be. Also, the, the sequ- a little bit more also well the kept. sequence later. When- like, if you think about it, like, WWE... That's what I'm thinking. It's like a wrestling match. Right. This is a whole thing of its stage, especially when he does that one wrestling move. Like, when those when when the WWE guys come out, they're, like, perfectly quaffed. Like... Not always. Everything's shaved and buffed and I think it depends on who... Glossy. Like, the and- guy, but... But, but... So, they were... They were... I felt like they were, like... I was expecting a lot of gore from that with the sharp, sharp axes like swinging around but then the- but instead we get gore from something else because when he goes to meet gore also fun fact in the background there was a bunch of different races from the movies oh yeah they're all there awesome you had the twi- there was the twi likes you had uh there was Mothins. so much work that went into the crowd that was it made it a real world oh yeah and then of course like most information brokers He's going to screw over the Mandalorian. And the reason why isn't because, oh, they're looking for the child, which is a nice twist. 
that's not why. It's because he wants the Besker armor. Yep. He's like, I don't give a shit about this. I'll give you the information. You give me the Besker armor. Because it's a lot of money. That's it. It's like walking around with solid gold. Or more than. And we actually get to see in the next sequence, just like in the first episode of the series, why Din Djarin is such a... He's the Mandalorian. He's a bounty hunter. Why? You don't mess with him. He takes down nine guys. But then, as opposed to killing Gorkoresh, which is what he totally could have done, he says... He kept his word. He said, I promise you, you won't die by my hands. The minute that he said that, it's like... You knew something was he's up. He's going to do something horrifying to him. And he does. He strings him up in a bunch of evil Sh- He strings him creatures. up, shoots out the streetlight, and walks away. And like, just, have at it. You see these glowing eyes attack him, so... But he ends up being led to Tatooine. Why Tatooine? Because someone's apparently on Tatooine. And because everything happens in Tatooine. Yeah, that's been kind of my complaint last season was they kept going back to the same places. I wanted somewhere new. Is Tatooine just a less expensive place to to base the Mandalorian shows out of? Maybe, but I would have liked something different. But I do like the minute that you think that they said there's a Mandalorian on Tatooine, the only one that you could think of is the man himself, Boba Fett. But, for those of you who remember watching Return of the Jedi, Boba Fett kind of fell into a Sarlacc. Now, depending on the mythology, either he blew himself out of there, Dengar rescued him, or he crawled out of there all skin burned. But we don't know what happened to him. He's disappeared. So, um... The Mandalorian flies to Tatooine and lands at his favorite, now favorite, uh, garage with probably the one character I don't like in the show, which is Amy Sedaris's Pelimoto. I don't like her. She seems like she's, she's a bad perm. She no, has no eyebrows she and she's got like a she's loud in mouth. A different show. She's like like Remin- Saturday Night Live. Yes, but she's like remnants from the original, or sorry, the prequels. Like, a lot of slapstick, a lot of just weirdness, and doesn't fit. For me... Because she has the droids that are bumbling and being stupid, and just, she doesn't seem like she should be in the show. Like, it might be a levity moment, but it just doesn't work for me. For me, she's got a bad perm, she has no eyebrows, she's got this weird loud mouth, she's kind of from SNL. I like her. She's like the annoying car guy. I just, something about her doesn't with me in the show it just feels like she's off like she's something else like she should not be that like that but i don't know but she ends up watching the ship and actually the mandalorian has changed first off he didn't kill gore koresh immediately and the second thing which shows that he's evolved since the beginning of the series is he's letting the pit droids work on his ship Mm -hmm. which is kind of crazy and so he ends up finding out that there may be mandalorians at what's called uh what is the name of it it's moss pel uh moss uh pelgo and apparently from those of you who've studied tatooine lore which is kind of crazy uh most pelgo is another city that no one talks about it's not most Eisley. it's not anchorhead it's not one of the other moses it's like an area which is not known was run by a mining corporation then kind of disappeared Mm-hmm. After the fall of the the Empire. So all you know, he knows where it is, so he's going to go there on a speeder bike. And he ends up in this very 
western town like you see everybody just standing there looking at him kind of you have the kids in the doorways just kind of staring like what are you looking at i'm surprised there wasn't someone sweeping uh a broom across a stair pushing a broom yeah just looking at him but he pulls in his speeder bike parks it and then the child comes with him into a saloon which has a um what is the name of that race it's a um Weequay. No, it wasn't Weequay. It was... Uh, b- 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 anyway, it's one of the races that was in Jabba's Palace. One of the guard races. It was the one that he actually would fight against. I, I do know the name of this race, but my brain is escaping me at the moment. <laughs> but anyway, so he's a bartender, and he says, I'm looking, for a, I'm looking for a Mandalorian. And in the shadow walks in the Marshal. He says, you're looking for the Marshal. And the Marshal walks in, and he's like... I'm looking everywhere for you. And he, he starts talking with the tact of you're talking to a superior or an equal to the Mandalorian. And you see the armor. It's the green armor, the dent in the head. It's like, that's Boba Fett's armor. So what happened? Did Boba Fett become a... Did he become the, a marshal? You see, he gets two drinks, walks up, sits down, takes off the helmet. The minute he takes off the helmet, Mando's complete cadence and his manner of speaking and his body language changes it goes yeah. from being kind of like i'm relieved to see you to what the hell are you doing take that off and he says like take off that armor and he he gets to the point of like do you really want to do this in front of the kid he's like we're doing this it's like uh the kid seen worse and and you see in his eyes, uh, Timothy Olyphant's like, I'm not going to give this armor because it, it, it helps protect the town, but I'm going to die. I'm going to die. Like, but if I don't, it, this is the end. He knows he's going to die either way. And when this gun, awesome gunfight's going to happen in the saloon where also, I forgot, the child is hiding in a spittoon. That was my gross out point. I was like, the only thing that really grossed me out besides the giant worm dragon thing yes. was... The little cute baby Yoda was checking out the spittoon, and it was cute when he was like looking in it, like, "Ooh, what is this?" But then when when the poop hits the fan, he got into it. He needs to bath. Yeah, but as they're about to fight, suddenly Earth starts or the Tatooine starts shaking, and you see in the ground a huge bunch of fins going through the ground. Is it a sand shark? No. It's something which you we knew about from the first Star Wars, Star Wars A New Hope, a crate dragon. Mm-hmm. And for those of you who are super geeky, the skeleton you see when uh, R2-D2 and C-3PO are walking, that's a crate dragon skeleton. And then the noise that Obi-Wan makes to scare off the Tusken Raiders to save Luke, that's a crate dragon noise. And they use it again in this show. But... So this crate dragon shows up, eats one of the banthas, and goes off. And apparently this crate dragon has been plaguing the town for years. And so they make a deal. I'll give you this armor, which I purchased from Jawas, and actually how he purchased it is actually really cool. I'll give you the armor, but in exchange, you have to deal with the crate dragon, because you're one of the best, you're one of the greatest hunters of all time. Because we need you. And so he agrees to do it. And as they go, they end up bumping into some of the Tusken Raiders who are also hunting the crate dragon. And this is a scene of where, you, first off, you see that the Mandalorian speaks Tusken Raider. Not really speaking, he makes the noises and then he moves his hands. It's like sign language. And one of the cool things that John Favreau decided to hire a deaf actor to create 
the Tuscan Raider language. Which is very cool. It is really cool because it's, it's a language you just use your hands for. And it's really just inspiring and inventive. And it ends up becoming that these two groups, the town that doesn't like Tuscan Raiders because the Tuscan Raiders, the Sand People, invade and attack them, has to work together with the Tuscan Raiders who feels that the the townsfolks who goes and just shoots them randomly and steals from them have to work together to fight this giant crate dragon. And at first, when they first see the crate dragon, it's like, you see the model, and it's like, you have four, they have five people. Yeah, and you're like, hmm. It's like, that's not enough people. You're holding out on us. That may not work. And then they put a bunch, and he's like, well, how do you get more reinforcements? They volunteered your town. And then it comes into a great fight sequence, and you see all the budget went to the great dragon into this sequence, and it's well done. It's cinematic, and it's really cool, and it's, it does homage to the lore in a unique way. It's fan service, but in the most organic way possible. It's not, hey, you like this? Look at this! Look at this! It's No, it's, it's part of a story. And if the rest of the season does this, I think it's going to be a great season. It's, it was a great kickoff for season two. Yes, and the ending is he gets the armor, goes away, and I'm pretty sure that... Timothy Oliphant is going to come back, or Cobb Vanth is going to come back. And I'm really excited to see what's going to happen next. Because so many questions, so many questions. So yeah, really, really, really effing cool. Definitely watch it. Stop what you're doing, watch it today. Yes, if you have watched it, watch it again. There's so many Easter eggs you'll catch next time. And now let us go to the show where Bruno and... Carrie Ann and... Carrie Ann and Abba and Derek Huff. Yes. Dancing with the Stars. Yes. So first off, we have Dancing with the Stars, the first part, um, which was the great show, um, which was the Villains Week, and everybody did... Well, most of them did amazing. I gotta say that our, my personal favorite, um, Justina, dressing up as Carrie White, Dancing to Take Me to Church by M-I-L-C-K. Well done. And she was like, she was dressed up as Carrie, right? That Mm -hmm. was Carrie? Yep. During her dance, she full-on just yelled in different moments. And it was the most, like, if you're a child of the 80s, if you're a little bit older, um, you'll remember Drew Barrymore being a little girl in E.T. And this is where my mind went. And she did such a great job when she screamed. She went on, was it the David Letterman? Mm-hmm. She went on David Letterman and, you know, he's talking to her and she's, you know, being a little girl and trying to stay focused. And they're like, well, why did they hire you? Because I could scream. And I, he goes, will you scream for me now? She goes, okay. And then she just did it. Not like, ah, but like. She just blood curdling screamed, and just watch the movie scream in the opening sequence. That's the scream that we're talking. But about. when Justina like did it, I was like, she is a true performer. Girl can dance. Girl can sing. Girl can scream on cue. She can light up a room. She's got the energy. She's got the pizzazz. I don't see what's not to like. She is the front runner. She's my favorite. Uh, you had Sky and Alan who got all nines, and they were dancing really well. Uh, she was dressed up as Tiffany from Bride of Chucky. She had the creepy contact lenses in. She was creepy. If she showed up at my door, I'd be like, take my candy, don't hurt me. And she was dancing to Everything I Wanted by Billie Eilish. She did really good. Now, even 
one of the people I'm not a fan of, Crystal. She danced dressed up as Maleficent, and she did really good. Yeah. But I think that the standout out of all the design work for me was AJ and, and Cheryl. Him dressed up as uh, Norman Bates slash Mrs. Bates and the whole opening sequence and that whole yeah. dance was so well done. And it's this, it's a different version of the Psycho theme. It was really cool. Now, of course, the person who stayed, Caitlin and Artem, that was not... She not was Cruella Duville, yeah. and just it was it was bad. The other one who got removed, Monica and Val, dressed up as Nurse Ratchet, dancing to Fever by Beyonce. No, which is weird because it was it looked kind of cool seeing her dressed up as Nurse Ratchet. It just didn't feel good because she was dancing a jazz dance and it didn't work. And oh, we forgot to say um, yes. So Sky was dancing an Argentine tango. Justina was dancing a regular tango. And um, AJ was also dancing a tango. A lot of tangos. Um, the other one, the only person who danced a Viennese waltz, Johnny and Britt. Now, while I'm not a super fan of Johnny, I gotta say, he's got Man moves. can dance. He can dance. And uh, Nev and uh, Jenna, who got th- the perfect tens, first tens of the season. Yep. Cool dance. They were dancing to the Black, the Swan Lake remix. and It was from Black Swan, which I was kind of like, eh, with. The design I didn't like, but it's kind of cool. So that was oh, and Jen Jenny Mai as Hannibal Lecter. Yep, that's a, it. Was an awesome dance. I a, like Jenny Mai. I miss her. The thing was though, she was in the bottom too. Yeah, but she shouldn't have been. She's just so awesome. She shouldn't have been. It should have been uh, what is it called? It should have been Caitlyn, but whatever. So that was Villains Week. Now this week was really cool because one thing that geeked me out totally about this week is going back to Justina, is that someone talked about Justina, about that she's a dancer now. Miss Rita Moreno. Yep. What did you say? Hey, hey, baby. What did she call her? She, she, said, she said, hey, baby, you're a dancer now. <laughs> you're now, a dancer! So for those of you who don't know, Rita Moreno uh, plays uh, Justina's mother on One Day at a Time. But she was also like the... She's the first female Puerto Rican to win an Oscar. For West Side Story. Yes. So if you're seeing West Side Story, she was in that. Rita Moreno. She's a very famous, prolific She opened Spanish the door for, for Latinas. Yes, she did. And she is, It's she's a really good dancer. She's done a lot of different movies and things. And for her to say, you, you're doing You're a it, dancer. It's really good. Personally, I think that if COVID didn't happen, she would have shown up. Oh, she would have been there the entire time. She totally would have. And this episode... Except for one person, all eights and nines. It's kind of insane, this this episode. And Justina and Sasha got all nines. They were dancing a samba, which her, let's be honest, girl can dance. Girl can dance. She was shaking her booty. She knew what she was doing. She knew how to shake her booty. Yeah, that's she, she, she's doing that Puerto Rican dance that she knows how to do. Um, Nelly, who I'm surprised he was safe, but I'm happy he was safe. He does not know how to rumba. He's got the he's got the arms good. He's got the arms, but rumba's about the booty, and he's like, he doesn't really have a booty. Eh, that's true. Now, Niev and which Jen, is not which is not his fault. This is not his Nelly's fault. But it's like asking me to samba. It's like, mm. 
Oh yeah, but also there was the extra points. Extra points. Forgot mm-hmm. the extra points. Can't forget that. Uh, who else did we have? We had um, AJ and Cheryl dancing to uh, dancing room, but also Johnny and Britt doing the foxtrot, which I would have thought he wasn't good at the foxtrot, but he was very good at the foxtrot. Uh, he was tied for the top three. It was him, Nev, and Justina. And Nev seems to be like the top, the, the the front runner. He's really good. He has not been at the bottom. He is the front runner. At this he point. also had professional dance experience. Yeah, but at like five years old, <laughs> like ten years old. I'm not knocking him. I'm just saying. Yeah, I don't think I'm going to knock him either. I think that's the best bet. Um, but then you had the relays, and there were three types of dances. It was. The cha-cha-cha, Viennese waltz, and the samba. And the cha-cha-cha was Neve, Kristal, and Nelly. And Nelly improved in that. He's good at the cha-cha-cha. That's something he is actually good at. Um, for the Viennese waltz, it was uh, Justina and Sasha and Johnny and Britt. It was supposed to be also Jenny Mai, but actually all J's. Was that why, if that's why they did it, that's stupid. That's not why they did it. There's a lot of J's in there. Yeah, but no, 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 because the first one's all N's, then all J's. If that's the reason why I did that, it's so stupid. Because no. Nelly and Neve. No, that's not why they did it. Hope not. And the other one is AJ, Artem, and Alan. All okay, A's. well, maybe. Yeah, it's it's there's something going on. <laughs> there's a glitch in the Matrix. Yeah, a glitch in the Matrix. But they did the Viennese Waltz, and those Viennese Waltz, even though that... Johnny got more time. Both their dances were really well done. They're they might both... have not gotten more time. They might have just taken more time. No, it was you You timed it and one had one dance for 30 seconds and one dance for a minute and 10 seconds. No, it's not that bad. We're going to have to go read back, go watch it again. But they were dancing to Whitney Houston, which was kind of cool. And then for the other one, which was the Samba Relay, AJ... Caitlin and Sky, they were dancing to uh, Levitating. And I think it was kind of BS that Sky didn't get three points because she's working really hard. Yeah, she's doing well. Oh, but she did cheat. They did say she was cheating because she's supposed to not do as many lifts and she does an absurdly large amount of lifts. No, they're allowed to do lifts in that dance. They said there should just be more transition between them. Yeah, And AJ is still doing awesome. But I think it's hard for her coach because she's so light, like, that's who to do all the lifts with. And have fun and do all those fun things with. Right. But still, very cool show. Um, But yeah, all these shows are really awesome and I'm excited to see where they all go. And what will happen with all of these shows, especially with Mandalorian. I'm excited for, well, Dancing with the Stars. I know who I want to win. I know who I want to lose. We're going to see where it goes. I mean, because one of my favorites, Justina Mai, our favorites got knocked out. So now technically... You mean Jenny Mai. Sorry, Jenny Mai got knocked out. Not Justina. Jenny Mai got knocked out. So you have just, for me, it's Justina, uh, Neve, Sky, and AJ. Those are my four front runners. Yes. And I mean, once... Um... In no particular order, but definitely Justina first. And once Caitlyn is gone, then it's going to get scary. Because they're all good. No, then that's when it gets good. Because they're all good. But the big the big thing is that, except for last week, Caitlyn is very good. 
True. Except for last week, she did really bad. But well, maybe they give her another pass of and she's done. Who knows? But this week, everything has been postponed because of the insanity that is the se- the season slash series finale of the United States of America. <laughs> <sighs> yeah. Um. No Not matter. No, no, anything. No matter what. No matter how you vote, I still consider you an awesome person. If you voted, you're an awesome person. If you didn't vote, for whatever reason, you're an awesome person. If you treat someone who did or did not vote or vote didn't vote or did vote the same way you did in a different way, at that point, then you're I don't think you're an awesome person if you're kind of rude to them. No matter what, we should be respectful to everybody. Right? Yeah, I don't love I don't love the negativity that really bothers me. Um, so, you know, whoever wins will be the president of the United States and I will support them. And for everybody who is watching outside of the United States, how hysterical and insane has this been? Are you taking bets on what's going to happen? Let us know. Random question of the day is going to probably be, is the, is the mushrooms costume a do-it-yourselfer? No, the jellyfish. The jellyfish is a do-it-yourselfer. Yes, is the jellyfish is a do-it-yourselfer. Let us know. I think that's it. This is a long episode, but it's pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. So, I'm Zan. I'm Greta. We're Gonsville. Catch you guys next time. Keep watching television. See ya. Bye. Bye.